Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Chat and Shit with Double Drop, or if you're listening on radio, this is another episode of the Hardcore Takeover. Joining me on the show this month is a guy who's been in the scene for quite a while now, and as of late, his productions have just grown from strength to strength, getting signed on huge labels such as 178, Electric Fox, and Music on Dirty Works as well. Please welcome to the show, Ben Defect. Yo, what's happening, man? Ah, not bad, mate. So, the first thing I want to get into with you on this podcast is... I couldn't believe when you messaged me about coming on to the show and everything, I looked back and the first time I messaged you was near on two years ago. <laughs> this podcast here is two years in the making. Oh, that's cool, man. Doing well. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that the show's been running for that long. Like, when it first started, I had no idea what direction it was going to go in. But, obviously, the one thing I knew two years ago was that I wanted you on the show, so it's great to finally have you on. Yeah, man, it's good to be on. Good to be on. So, I guess we'll just go straight back to the beginning. And how long have you been listening to Hardcore, and what got you into it? Oh, God. Um... Going back to like under 18s events and I used to hang around with older lads um, and in their cars they'd have like CDs and stuff like that and it was just basically listening to, to CDs um, and then I just seen that this event was there and my mates were going to I went to um, to a HID event and pretty much from then I fell in love with hardcore um, and the scene as a as a whole really like the people like it's just friendly um it's it's kind of a place for misfits in essence um where if you don't kind of like it used to be anyway where you if you didn't kind of fit in anywhere else hardcore was your your classroom type of thing and i used to love that aspect of it 100 percent. like i got invited to a house night a couple of uh, about three weeks ago and when I went, I was there, had on like the flat cap uh, hat, like jeans, big white shoes in the like bomber jacket sort of thing. In a hardcore event, it wouldn't be out of place. But in this house event, I just, like you said, I felt like such a misfit and just an oddball in that event. It was, I don't know, I just usually at an event, I don't feel like I'm out of my element. But for some reason at this one, I just felt like I stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah, it's definitely uh, <clears throat> where well, you've got people wearing fluffy boots and and like mad different colour hair extensions and stuff like that in you. So yeah, definitely, that's definitely the place for hardcore. Yeah, 100%. So what, uh, what era of hardcore was it that you got into? Like what, what style of tracks and stuff were being played at the time? Uh, definitely the thousands. Um, probably the late thousands, like 2006 to 2010, that was kind of what really like kicked everything off for me. That was where I fell in love with hardcore. Um, really, the Squad era, Raver Baby, around that kind of time. That was just uh, if I if someone was to ask me what UK hardcore was, that's the era that I would show them. Yeah. 100% I think that was that was my favourite either tracks like uh, the Darren Styles remix of Taking Me Higher uh, 
tracks like that just instantly stand out to me. Hicksy and Recon, Love Comes, that sort of stuff. Just Yeah, legends. Great, great music. So from there, obviously, that was you getting into raving and everything like that. But then what proceeded to you getting into, I'm guessing it was DJing that probably came first? Yeah, it was DJing that came first. Um, I think I, it was some belt-driven drives. I think I touched upon this before. Um, but yeah, it was, and they were so hard to use that I just literally like lost the plot with them and then ended up getting rid of them. Then I ended up getting some Axis 9s. I think it's Axis 9s. can't remember. Newmark, I think. Um, Newmark CD deck. Yeah, that was it, yeah. Um, I got some of them. I had a little play around with them. Um, but I wanted to play my own music and I remember having a chat with um, a couple of DJs at the HGID events in the back rooms. And they were saying, like, look, to get here, you need to, like, really, you should be making your own stuff or thinking about trying to learn making your own stuff. Uh, so that's pretty much what I did. Um, I started out on FL, and to be fair, when I first started, I could not do nothing. It was just, it's so alien. Um, to look, when you look at it, it's just daunting. There's just boxes and squares everywhere, and it's changed a lot now um, compared to back then. Everything had to be gridded. Um, in Fruit Loops back in the day, but now now the way the doors set out, it's just it's so much easier. And I feel like if you're starting at this later stage, as compared to back then, I feel like, especially with the use of like YouTube videos and um, like various different um, tutorials that people have put out, um, you can definitely pick up the uh, production side a lot easier than you could back then. Hundred percent. I mean. For me personally, it took me, what, I think this is my first full year of trying to get into production. I've been into the music since I was about 15 and I'm 30 now. So yeah, it took me that long to realise that, oh, to actually get somewhere you've actually got to make your own music. So yeah, definitely. I think, I think realising that, like in hindsight, I'm like, people told me and I'm like, I should have done it. but. Realising that so early in the game, I think, is a great way to break out into the scene, really. Yeah, it is. Um, the, the one major thing is, like, it's time. Like, obviously, a lot of people work, um, and they work long hours. So, just getting, like, half an hour or an hour somewhere, if you've got a family and you've got kids, it's hard to be able to sit down and, and really immerse yourself if you've got, like, screaming kids or anything. Um, so, I do think <laughs> yeah. that in terms of like a space that you've got for yourself as well like if you've got a, a space where you can thoroughly focus on putting together a piece of music or putting your ideas down and trying to get something down then I feel like that's vital definitely so there's two things that you touched on there one was having the time to do it for me personally lockdown was the perfect time for me to get into it because I was working in a office block and the office was literally empty. There was nobody there, so I would just take my laptop in and start messing about and seeing what I could come up with. And yeah, I eventually started to get somewhere. Cool, man, cool. But the other thing you touched on there was having your own space. Now, this is something we recently spoke about just before we started recording, and that is you recently built yourself your own studio out in the garden yeah how's that going and what uh trials and tribulations have you had with that? <laughs> I know. well i'm sure you know um 
because of Hicksy's show. Uh, last year, I decided to take a Christmas tree out into the garden and I thought, I'm not taking this to the skip. You have to book in. Um, so I decided that I would set it on fire and I actually set the studio on fire when it was uh, be, while it was being built. Um, set fire to the, the, the exterior of it and that put us back. Um, then we had an electrician in and the electrician screwed up a couple of times so the ceilings had to go up, come down, go up, come down. Um, and there's been problems with the lighting as well down the one wall so <laughs> the side wall had to come out and really I was just getting to the end of my table with it and then eventually my friend come and was just like look let's just peel it all back we'll start the final skin again and finally we got there and everything's working as it should and at the moment just getting it looking aesthetically pleasing before everything can go in. Wicked. So it's on its way, it's not quite finished yet, but it's it's getting there. Yeah, it's definitely near completion. Nice, it's got to be such like a relief for you when it's actually done. And like you said, you've got your own space to work in. So I know you've got a young daughter and everything, so yeah. it's just going to be that little escape for yourself. I mean, currently for me, it is the radio station that I'll pr primarily do my stuff in, but with Covid and everything so far I've been confined to a little corner in my bedroom yeah. so the sooner I can get back into the studio the better but I want to move on now and what I want to speak about is people who inspire you and people who you take inspiration from in music I don't only want to talk about now I want to talk about when you started off making music what uh, artists, DJs, producers were the big inspiration for you to be like, right, this is what I want to do? Well, obviously, like I said earlier, Squaddy, um, when I came into it as a raver, um, his sound was just so unique and rushy um, that that made me want to uh, just lose control on the dance floor. And that is that inspired me to then try and put it into my old productions on my older stuff. I tried to replicate the the hypersonic squaddy sound, um, but other than that, obviously Hixie, you like some Hixie styles. He's just literally the goat. He just keeps going. Um, um, he doesn't age he either. He does not age. He put a picture on earlier, and literally the geezer looks like the same ten years ago. Like nothing's even changed. Not what's he, Not even a single grey hair. <laughs> Like to me, he looks better now than what he did back then. <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is. He's growing. I'm sure. I swear, he's growing backwards. <laughs> Benjamin Button of the hardcore scene. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, then obviously more recent times, uh, Stonebank. The stuff that he does, um, like under like in Monster Cat. I listen to stuff that he's doing all the time and he's just such an inspiration and you think that you've got something sounding good and he will give you a tip and it sounds ten times better. He would just he's so crucial. But that Stoneback sound he created in hardcore, I really think that that was a turning point in hardcore where people used to think, like, look, we really need to start turning this on now. Hold on. Fuck that shit. Hold on.
I got to start this motherfucking record over again. Wait a minute. Fuck that shit. So a little bit of a technical hiccup there, we'd stop recording, but we'll pick up from another aspect of the podcast. So Ben, one thing I noticed is you and Rico work, well, used to work quite closely together and make tunes together. How long How long have you guys known each other for and who got into the music first with you guys? Because we previously had Rico on the show last year, I believe it was. Yeah, I think it was actually, yeah. Um, to be fair, I got into producing first. Um, Rico really stayed on the DJ side of it. Uh, I know he was heavily involved with Universal Hardcore and they were doing um, arenas around the country and it was kind of at the end of that when that was starting to tear out where um, Rick really started working on, um, on his music. Um, and I came into it like really late um, and just wanted when I started seeing people who I'd grown up producing with um, getting the big gigs that's what made me want to get into have a little slice of the action so um, I ended up getting my getting myself up to scratch and uh, getting out there. So including Rico you've worked with a whole host of different talents in the scene one guy that stood out to me who is in my eyes like such an underrated talent was who you got your I think it was your first 170 release it was you in Ollie P with a remix of Sacrifice yeah how how was it working with Ollie and like you must have learned so much from him because he is just a huge talent in the scene I mean at the moment he's got tracks that he's made with like Styles himself and everything. yeah he's uh Ollie's really good to be fair he's he's classically trained as well which not a lot of people know um, so when you're doing uh, collabs with him, you'll send something across or he'll be there like on Zoom or something and you'll put your chords out and he's already listening to like, what you're doing next and he's making up ideas in his head um, and he's like, oh, can we, maybe we could do this. Um, but the story with me and Ollie goes back probably 10 years. We was actually on about it the other day. He asked me, he was like, oh, bro, how long have I known you? Um, I'm sorry, it's about 10 years now, I think. Um, and we started doing bootlegs. Uh, well, Ollie weren't really into hardcore at the time. I sent him a lot of uh, stuff and I think he fell in love with it, like immediately. Um, and we were just doing a lot of bootlegs with each other. But at the very beginning of the story, Ollie, um, he didn't really know much about hardcore so it was a big learning curve for him at the beginning as well um, but then obviously once he grasped everything he was just he, the, the bloke is on fire he's such a good producer nearly every guest I get on this podcast is says like one of the most underrated producers in hardcore like oh, 100%. Severe, severely talented shout out to Ollie if you're listening and we know you are shout out Ollie my guy <laughs> because we were actually in talks about him coming on the show recently, but unfortunately something came up and it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. But hopefully in the future we will have an Ollie P guest mix and interview coming for you guys. So moving on now, one thing that I wanted to get into with you was the difference between Ben Defect and Two Minds Project. 
like the way I actually wanted to word it was like, so who am I speaking to today? Is it Ben Defect or is it Two Minds Project? Yeah, so today you're speaking to Ben Defect. Um, the Two Minds stuff is like a, a, a different project as such. So anything that's experimental or harder is encapsulated by Two Minds Project. Um, and everything, I don't know, bouncy, cheerful and rushy will be going under Ben Defect. So essentially, not old sounding hardcore, but that older sounding hardcore with a modern day feel is Ben Defect. Yeah. And the more hard style influence is Two Minds Project. You got it, man. So we spoke there about Ben Defect being the older hardcore and Two Minds Project being the newer 160 hard style influenced hard dance sound. What I want to know is, recently, well I say recently, maybe a year ago, ago or so, when the whole 160 thing picked up, there's a lot of negative views towards the hard style influence on hardcore as opposed to that, like you said earlier, squaddy, the 185 kick drum. What's your views on the more modern sounding hardcore as opposed to the older sound? Um, so, I, at first, I was just of the belief that we needed to move forward, um, and as to progress as a scene, we needed to move forward, and we needed to be 160. We needed to capture the international audience because this is what Styles is doing, this is what Ben Nicky's doing, Will Sparks, Tweakercore. Um, but now I'm a little bit more grown in the fact where I believe that we should also be trying to capture the older, older audience that are still around from back then. So I feel like we, in terms of like, the, for the DJs for instance, we want to be putting in, we used to do 16 bar intros, but now we're looking at doing like 32 bar intros um, because you just lose the feel um, when, you, when you're playing out live, you're losing that like hypeness, do you know what I mean? Um, and in terms of the production side of things, there's no reason why we shouldn't be doing both because we've got the, the, the platform to be able to push music on labels where they're not afraid to push the 185 sound such as like 24-7 in hardcore. Um, so if we want to be making 185 stuff, make 185 stuff. If you want to make 160, you want to make 165, 170 stuff, make it. That's the belief I'm under now. There's no this hardcore thing is is done for me as far as I'm concerned. It's it's what I wanna it, what I wanna produce, I will be producing. Yeah. That touches on kinda the views that Gamer had on it where it was I'm just going to make what makes me happy. And I believe everyone should really be doing that. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean it's working for him. Yeah. And another thing you said there was styles started doing the 160 thing now one thing that's a friend of mine have always had this chat i just like styles released switch at 160 which then in turn made everyone lose their mind and everyone was like oh styles is making it at 160 we need to make stuff at 160 like <laughs> could you imagine being darren styles and having that power over the hardcore scene where it's like I'm going to get used to make stuff at 160. Like, what's next? Styles decides to make something at 200 BPM and everyone's like, right, oh, 
that's that's the new hardcore. That's what we've got to go for. Exactly, and that he, he does hold that power. Um, it is, but um, like I think why it is a lot of um, myself included. I'm definitely included in in this next bit. What I'm about to say. Um, you look at Styles and where he's come as an artist, the stages that he's progressed on, and I was at Creamfields lucky enough to witness Darren Styles' set at the last Cream and I just thought like that that is literally where I wanna be. I need to I need to be up there, I need to be on these stages. And obviously progressing through, um, everyone else has thought this, so oh, yeah. whatever Styles is doing, people were trying to like jump on board and do like pretty much exactly what he's doing. Carbon copies of tracks were just where you could just tell like the influence is Darren Styles. There's no other influence, just him. Yeah, yeah. I think the only person that's went the complete opposite route in fair play to him because he's doing great things. Like he's making a lot of the music that I'd say that I used to love it because I still yeah. do. But it was the stuff that like originally got me into it is Club Filler. Like he, I think he's seen. Well, everyone's going this way. Everyone's going right. So I'm going to go left. Yeah, that's it. And it's worked for Stay in the UK is probably the most booked hardcore DJ um, and he's just such a genuinely lovely lad as well whenever you see him at a rave it's like walk past him he'll like go out his way to come and say hello to him and that's not just DJs and MCs as well it's ravers he's straight over to people who he recognises and yeah he's just a, he's a lovely lad another thing you spoke on there was when you seen Styles at Creamfields and you just thought that's that's where I want to be. A couple of months ago, it was just coming out of lockdown. Now up here in Scotland, we were under lockdown for a bit longer than you guys. So the first gig that I got to go to was Styles's Hard Generation. Okay. And he had it was Styles, Gamer, and TNT. Now for me at the moment, like that is that's my yeah. dream lineup. Unfortunately, we didn't get CTNT just with some issues with the club opening. But we got in, Styles was coming on. I was like, wow, this is a great set. Like, so much tunes. That, like, I think I Instagrammed, like, on my stories every tune that he played, pretty much just because I was like, right, I've got a gig coming next week. I want to remember <laughs> what went down well. <laughs> and then the same with Gamer, did exactly the same thing. And, like, the inspiration from just watching them play to coming home to working out what tracks that I want to play in my set and yeah it was just a massive inspiration on I think yeah them like those guys as well now they put on such a show um, because they've come they've done these big shows in America and they've obviously picked up little bits of um, what works and what doesn't work and when you go and see them now I feel like you're not watching a set where like you used to watch yourself feel like you, you're more watching a show everything is dropped at the right time and for at that precise moment at that set that tune is just ideal and i feel like they've, they've just got that down to a t now gamma and stars they're just they're, they're smashing it to be fair even even their, their like their microphone work is just perfect i mean I was telling my girlfriend about this. She's not hugely into hardcore, but she'll listen to some. She'll, put it this way, she'll listen to Darren Styles. Yeah, <laughs> I think every girl in the UK would. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were 
we're driving about and I managed to get a Gamer EDC twi like just a couple of months ago. It was him playing the EDC or something like that and we managed to listen to it in the car when we were driving about. And she was saying, she was like, oh, he talks on the mic an awful lot. I was like, if you could like rewind 10 years ago. Now, with you being a bit of a hardcore purist, you might remember this when Gamer picked up the microphone. It was like, can you make some more noise, please? <laughs> to see him go from that, like from WizKid handing him the microphone to, can you make some more noise, please, to him at EDC in front of hundreds of thousands of people going, three, two, one. Yeah, that's see, that's even great for him on a personal level as well. It just shows how he's so much more confident. So fair play to oh, him. Yeah. He's he's gone over there and he's stuck to his guns and he's definitely uh, definitely come out shining at the other end. Yeah, I mean people can say oh he's a sellout or whatever, but I think he's always got to be like one of my heroes, not just in hardcore but just in music alone. Just yeah, everything he touches seems to go to gold. Exactly. But we've chatted enough about Styles and Gamer and everyone else in between. Let's get back to speaking about Ben Defect or Two Minds Project. So I recently noticed on Facebook that you yourself are actually looking to launch a new podcast. Yeah, that's right. So what's the ins and outs of it? What can we expect from it? And have you got any ideas that I can steal to make my show a little bit better? <laughs> um... Yeah, so basically, um, doing this uh, new podcast, I don't want to say the name yet because we're doing a, um, a bit of a release video with it, so I um, joined heads with my manager about saying that I had an idea previously, um, so we've both gone with a similar idea to what I had and the, like, the platform that we were going to put it on. Um, but basically, in a nutshell, it's not going to be too dissimilar to other podcasts. We're still going to try and get the, the latest music on. Um, I'm going to be trying to get uh, telephone interviews with obviously the, the biggest artists that I can um, yeah like, available. like myself <laughs> yeah like yourself <laughs> um, but I've got a couple of big artists logged in for the first two three episodes um, and then after that I'm going to be Probably you're probably going to see the once I've got the first two episodes done, um, it's going to be a matter of just trying to get all the promo work and that done. Because when I release it, I want it to be at the biggest um, audience that I can get it to. Um, with the artwork and everything is is like second to none. So um, I'm hoping that people really take it in and um, yeah, they really, they really like it. Wicked. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, podcasts are something I've always been into, be it Joe Rogan, be it likes of Burt Kreischer or Jesus, even like old wrestling podcasts and stuff like that, like listening yeah. to some wrestlers speak about stuff. And it's just, I love hearing people speak about stories and stuff that they're passionate about. That's the whole reason that I wanted to get involved in doing stuff like this. Yeah, that's it. I'm, um, I'm trying to get a lot of like production tips and everything in it as well because I'm I'm one of these where like if someone tells me about something I find it a lot easier to to sink in um, and if they show me as well or they can like really describe exactly what they've done at a certain point of the track or even just give me an idea give give me something to roll with um, 
I feel like that really helps. So I'll be trying to get like tips and like bits of tuition out of people while I'm doing the interviews um, to hopefully help um, others to be able to try and replicate or just add their own spin on exactly what um, has been going on. Yeah, that's amazing, man. It's good to see other podcasts starting to rise up in hard dance and just shine through. Uh, what platforms and things can we expect to see on? And have you got any ideas on a release date? Um, I'm trying to get it out, the first episode out for the end of December. Um, I'm trying to get everything um, done for the next one as well so it's a quick follow-up but it's going to be bi-monthly and I just need to try and give myself a, a lot of um, time to be able to get the third one done and so on I'm trying to get in advance because I've got a lot of things uh, a lot of ideas and a lot of things coming at the beginning of next year where I need to have plenty of free time should we say yeah I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize is like the commitment to our podcast is quite a big thing, even just to do one a month. I mean, you've got to secure your guests, you've got to get questions and stuff ready. It's it's a commitment in itself. And like I say, fair play to guys like Joe Rogan, who can do like three a week or something like that. And it's just like, wow. have, having that time to do that, it's just unreal. And like the preparation that goes in, it's just, yeah. It is, it's great. Yeah, fair play, man. You've had two years of it, so you've got to be definitely getting around that professional level now. Or exceptional level, shall we say. <laughs> like, like like, I've said to a few people, yourself included, class, this is like diet Joe Rogan with a lot less exposure. <laughs> so we'll move on to another segment that I like to do in the show. This is the part that will probably be listening, that will probably be available on radio. So... If you guys are just tuning in on Radio Now, my guest just now is Ben Defect. We've just done my podcast, which unfortunately I can't say the name of on radio, but we've just done that. You can check that out in a couple of weeks and it will be available for you all. This part of the show that we're going to go into just now is called This or That, Ben. I explained it to you earlier, it's just a little bit of fun, a little segment where quick fire, a couple of choices to go through or just say what say what it is really okay <laughs> anything i should be worried about uh not yet i don't have any like questions like what color underwear you wearing or anything for <laughs> this one so yeah we're all good uh first question for it though is if it wasn't for happy hardcore or hard dance what style of music do you think you would be making i'm actually making house now so i definitely go house nice Next one is going back to hard dance and hardcore. What's your preferred BPM for a track? 160 or 170 BPM? 170. Nice. And I think I know the answer to this one, but DJing or producing? Producing. And going into something a bit different now, movies. What's your go-to movie? One that you can always rely on and you know you're going to be happy watching it. Oh, mate, everybody who knows me knows that my favourite film is Braveheart. I can put that on I can put that on at any point of the day and just sit there and watch. I can, I'm pretty much word for word as well now. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting screaming freedom with Mel Gibson. That's it, <laughs> throwing my handkerchief on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> 
So going back into music now, if you could collaborate with anyone in the music scene, doesn't necessarily need to be hard dance or anything like that, but if you could do a collaboration with anyone, who would it be? I'd probably say Headhunters. Ah, nice. And what style of track would you make? Um, definitely hard style. It would have to be at his studio. <laughs> his house looks insane. And he'd have to pay for the flights there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> So, when making a track, what would you rather have? I get it's different for every track, but what pops out more for you? Is it a side drop or a reverse bass drop? Oh, reverse bass, all day. And that was to do with new style hard dance, so we'll go back to the older sort of hardcore sound. What's your favourite Bonkers album? Oh. These are hard questions, you know. <laughs> um... Probably four. What mix off it? And what track stands out the most to you? So many tracks throughout any of these mixes on any compilation. I find it impossible to, to pick one. Move away from Hicks's tracks and we'll go into your tracks. What's your favourite track you've made? And what's your least favourite track that you've made? The least favourite track would have been... I've done a remix for Australia with Force and it was just such a squeaky vocal but um, I loved the the lad who was running the label, Starstruck. Um, unfortunately he passed away, um, I think it was last year or the year before. Um, oh, no. But I know he'd be disappointed but it was definitely, that was, that was my worst <laughs> track. Favourite track, probably... My Getting Better remix, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it was at a point where I was trying to really experiment between the Stonebank sound and the the old school hardcore sound. So, moving into gaming now, I don't know if you're a gamer, but if you are, what's your go-to? Is it a PlayStation or an Xbox? PlayStation. Good answer. And MCs in hardcore, yes or no? Yes. <laughs> Reluctantly. <laughs> so after a gig, you're driving down the motorway, you're on your way home. Where are you go to stop? Is it going to be Burger King or McDonald's? Mackey's all day. We'll just keep with the story just now. You get home, you get into the studio because you can't sleep. What's your go-to sample pack for making a tune? Um, I'm really liking the, uh, the Code Black pack at the minute. I don't know why, but I had a feeling you were going to say that. I really don't know why. Like, we haven't spoken anything about sample parts or production, but I just had a feeling you would say yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Um, it, there's just so much good stuff in there, and obviously, the guy's a genius. Most of the stuff that he's put out on all of his big tracks is a lot of it is in that pack. Um, yeah. So it's good to listen to, especially as the sounds are broke down um, as a single sample as well. Um, I actually learnt a lot about them by opening them up in scope and just looking at the, the form of the sample and I felt like that's really helped my production as well um, and I was do like wait, I was boosting stuff and didn't need to boost and I was thinking why is it not sounding like that and when you listen back to those single samples out of his pack the parts where you were boosting or cutting the that they were, I was wrong, so it was good to learn from. It was a really good, they were good, uh, definitely a good pack. I've got to give a shout out here. One of my go to sample packs at the moment, and 
I think it's just for a style of music that I'm trying to make, it always seems, especially for bass lines, it always seems to be the spiral sample yeah. pack. I don't know why, but that, getting one of the samples, chucking it in a nimble kick, and then, yeah, just, that's, that's just my go-to. Yeah, shout out Spiral if you're listening, and we know you are. So, next one is, I know you spoke about your Styles remix of Getting Better, but if you could remix any track by any artist, who would it be? Going off a more recent production, probably Wild Stars and Frontliner, The Unknown. And that is mainly because my little girl absolutely loves that track. Whenever she jumps in the van or she jumps in the car, she's just like, Daddy, can you put my track on? And I know exactly what she's on about. See, I've, I've got to relate to that because at the moment, the bootleg thing that I've been working on is, you know that TikTok thing where it's like, bounce with it, drop with it, yeah. did it. Yeah. I've got to do that because my daughter's just constantly can... Can you, can you make this a DJ song? It's not a hardcore song, it's can you make this a DJ song? I'm like, I can try. <laughs> so following up with that, that's who you'd like to do a remix for, but if you could go back to back with any DJ, who would it be? And more importantly, oh, straight in there. <laughs> okay, so we'll try and make it a bit harder. What event or venue would it be at? Headhunters at EDC. I, I, I don't know why I had a feeling you might say DEFCON, but yeah, fair play. DEFCON is such a good platform um, to play on, and obviously their their stages and that they're just and the production is just so like second to none. Um, they do these, yeah. they've done the Netflix videos as well, and yeah, everything is just bang on. Actually, I changed my mind. It would be Headhunters at DEFCON. <laughs> Well, since I suggested that, I'm wanting like VIP backstage passes for when it happens. Just putting that out there. <laughs> so, next one, away from the music, but we'll get back to it. Apple or Android? What are you on? Android. Ah. So, we're coming into the last couple of questions now before we hit the end of this podcast. But what I want to know is, what's a hidden talent or an interest that you have that nobody really knows about that you keep to yourself? Football. I play football, not a lot of people know that when I tell them, but I'm always writing statuses and putting it on my story and everything on Snapchat, so I don't know why they don't know, but for some reason <laughs> people don't know that I play football. <laughs> well, I didn't know that, so yeah, fair play. And the last two questions now. If there was a movie made about your life, one, what genre would it be? And two, who would play you? I'd say a comedy and I'd make it Alan from The Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great choice. The last question of this segment for this or that is describe happy hardcore in three words. Bouncy, stabby, um, energetic. That's it, that's three? Yeah. We should probably we, we should probably say here that stabby means the riffs and stuff like that, not that you're going to get stabbed at a hardcore event. Yeah, so yeah. please please <laughs> do not be afraid to attend a hardcore event. You will not get stabbed. <laughs> so we're coming to the end of the show now, Ben. It's been great having you on. Like I said, this is two years in the making, so I think we've actually put together quite a well well produced podcast and as I said when we spoke earlier, we, we haven't swore. So yeah. Yeah exactly. I'm I'm really well spoken as well, aren't I? On on air you are, but when we're not recording, I can't comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So coming up on the show next is your gas mix. Uh, just let our listeners know what can they expect to hear in your gas mix. Um, so mainly the most thing of note in there is the I'm doing a remix for Squaddy um, with Ollie, which I was dying to tell you earlier. Ah, um, nice. And you, I'm not going to mention the track, but you'll hear it in there, and you'll know which one we've done straight away, and that will be going hopefully on the uh, Squaddy album. Um, just need to confirm that in with Terry uh, and the Ravers Reunited boys. Um, and then obviously there's Heart of Asia um, and a lot of the other stuff is just through people that I'm feeling at the moment from out of the, the label I'm heavily involved in, which is 170. The lads on the label, they're all uh, so talented. Um, obviously Alfie, is he's incredible and he just seems to keep getting better. So before we head off, Ben, where can people find you on social media? Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Snapchat, Facebook, um, at Ben Defect, um, and on YouTube. You can catch anything. Literally anything I do goes on YouTube. Um, the distributor gets everything on there. It does not miss a thing. So lastly, thank you very much for taking time to do this. As, as I keep mentioning, two years in the making and it was worth the two years because the music you're putting out now is even better compared to what it was at the start of the year. So yeah, it was worth the wait. Cheers, mate. Yeah, thanks for getting me on. Um, I'm hoping that everyone enjoys the new stuff as well. Um, I've been taking a little break, um, recently come back into hardcore and I've got some decent stuff coming out soon, some collabs, some solo stuff, um, and obviously you've got the podcast and whatnot to, to move forward with. So, yeah, I'm really excited about um, where next year's going to go. It's been absolutely great having you on. The only thing left to do now is, could you please introduce your guest mix for the Hardcore Takeover? This is Ben Defect, and this is my guest mix on the Hardcore Takeover.